0: Hello and welcome to Sky Punk International, the podcast. I'm your host, Chris Reeves. On today's episode, I'm joined by hypersky superstar Eichlers to do a full track-by-track breakdown of his new album, My Checkered Future, that just dropped a few days ago on Bad Time Records. Eichlers has previously been on the show and is one of my favorite people. If you've been listening to this show for a while, you've definitely heard Eichlers. I've played many of his songs on here. He's also been a guest before. He's even done background music that he used during some of the radio episodes. And it's so much fun to always have him on, but it's especially fun when I get to talk to him about new music that he's putting out. And I have to say, even if I didn't know him, I would be super geeked about this album because My Trick or Future is without a doubt one of the most innovative ska albums I've ever heard. It's doing so many new things for the genre. Honestly, it feels to me like hearing ska punk kind of for the first time and I hope that it's going to be sort of like a gateway thing for new people to start to find ska and start to branch out into other types of ska, ska punk, maybe even traditional ska. I hope you enjoy this breakdown as much as I did because this album is awesome and I think everyone listening to this show is really gonna love it. So if you haven't checked it out, yet hopefully this breakdown will help you realize how much thought and production went into the album and you'll give it more of a shot and if you already have checked it out like me and you've listened to it like on loop hopefully this breakdown will bring in some new stuff that you didn't realize because there's a lot going on in the record and you're gonna hear a lot of new info and some that you gotta figure out on your own but uh i hope it gives you some new info and context on the album because it's amazing so here is the full track by track breakdown of Eichler's "My Checkered Future." So the HyperSka superstar is back. Hi. Obviously, you've been on the show before, and you've been a, a fan really since day one. Patron number one—that's me. Yeah, but now you're super fucking famous, right? <laughs> <laughs> In theory, allegedly. <laughs> Sch- allegedly. Sch- allegedly. So we're here to do a breakdown of your new album that is out now at this point it's out we're recording it in the past but now it's out right
1: yes outright literally out now
0: today when we're recording is literally announced what's it been like today oh my god it's just been.
1: (laughs) oh my god the notifications haven't stopped Um, (laughs) it's just been completely just nonstop. i got up at six because we were we're going live with the uh announcement at 7 a.m pacific time so i got up at six i barely slept um my car got broken into last night which was sick you know you gotta gotta even these things out right that's just how the universe works karma damn (laughs) karma put the car in karma dude yeah (laughs) um but yeah today's been fucking awesome i went to the gym uh listened to the record gathered my thoughts um and i'm ready to break it the fuck down with my friend cool chris and the fun fans of ska punk international
0: hell yeah you texted me like hey can we do this like yeah of course we can fucking do this (laughs) like obviously we were gonna do a fucking breakdown (laughs) hell yeah like there was never any doubt let's do it track one
1: high album edition yeah so this one had to be the album opener um might also be the live set opener I just, I had this super, super dumb idea one day. I was like, what if I sampled Sellout, which is, you know, the, the mozzarella song, registered trademark, right? um, but like interjected the, the intro horn lines with just like this hard ass trap beat. That would be so funny. And then, and then I, I did it, I made it and I just have not stopped laughing since. And I wrote, I wrote these lyrics and they're like very tongue in cheek kind of braggadocious lots of third wave references in there and i feel like it's it's the perfect gateway into the experience that is my checkered future and you've had this one like
0: for a while like at least the idea right because you've kind of teased it in a few different spots like dj sets or things right
1: yeah totally um the well most of most of the album i've been sitting on since late 2019 i think the last yeah, the last thing I did for the record in terms of recording or producing was I think February 2020. No, no. No god. Like February of last year. So, it's been it's been over a year that the album has been done. Um but like a lot of these songs and we'll we'll get to them as you know as they come up in the breakdown. But a lot of these songs are very old. Um and I'm I'm glad that they're finally seeing the light of day and that people can be as excited about them as I have been, you know, sitting on them in secret for the past few years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. That's awesome. Um, so when you showed this to Mike, did Mike say anything about the real big fish thing? Was there like any issue there?
1: Yeah, there was definitely like a little bit of hesitation. Cause obviously Mike was going to put out the record Yeah, and, um, yeah, he was like, Holy shit, that sample. which is you know the the intended reaction i i i want people to read the album title and then obviously if you're aware of my online presence read that song title and be like oh my god and you know the album title like just the the play on that i think is just so funny and then you hear the first song and you're just like oh my god (laughs) and then it just gets going yeah so i i messaged Mike about it like as we were moving forward with preparing the album for release and I was like you know I have like this real big fish sample we should probably try and clear it and um we talked we talked to the band we got in touch with the band and they're all aware of it and we talked to talked to a lawyer about it and he assured us that what we were doing is cool and within our rights and if stuff goes down it's gonna it's gonna be fine nothing nothing really to worry about cool and even unless the record gets like fucking billie eilish gigantic i don't think that anyone's going to come after us
0: <laughs> right well i mean i hope it does but uh, Same. <laughs> uh yeah i think billie uh, eilish billie eilish but i i do think you you'll be fine uh i think it's an awesome opener seems clear to set the mood because the album does go a lot of like interesting places and even for me, unexpected places, but um, I think it's a great mood setter. I think you nailed it,
1: yeah, thank you <laughs> yeah and um in those in those discussions that Mike and I were having, like our first reaction was like, uh, eh, maybe we should just have it be vinyl only and our our lawyer assured us that like if if we want like no no risk, that would be the thing to do it. If we still want to have it on the album, like put it on the record, no one's you know, there's so far less chance of someone higher up hearing it if it's just on vinyl. But we like, I sat on it for a couple months and then I texted Mike about it. I was just like, hey, just following up. Like, how are you feeling about keeping high on the record? And he's like, we got to do it. It's such like an integral part of the album experience. It seems like a disservice to the whole project to leave it off streaming and digital where most people, everyone discovers music these days.
0: Yeah, I mean, I could see... Uh, the next one, Drive You Crazy, I could see that starting, but um, it would be weird without, I think.
1: Yeah, totally. And, and that song, um, Drive You Crazy, also, li- like you said, it, I think it could work as an album opener, but I also think it just sounds so different from the rest of the record. Um, and high album edition kind of sounds in line with the rest of the record and the project as a whole, that it makes a much better album opener.
0: Well, let's talk about Drive You Crazy then.
1: Yeah, so heading right in. So this song I've had since probably uh summer of 2019, maybe. Yeah. And I just I remember just I I had the like the beat and all of it. And I was, it was gonna be my intro track for a show I was doing in Salt Lake City at uh our venue called The Beehive that my friends run. And I was practicing my set in our practice space and I was just like kind of mumbling lyrics and melody over this instrumental that I was intending to just use for, you know, intro music. And then I came up with those lyrics, you know, I got it, baby, even though I drive you crazy. And Mm -hmm. I was like, that's silly, but just, (laughs) I like the melody so much that I just had to do it. And then that one didn't start out as a ska song. And then I, I was like, what if I add ska guitar and these like, anthemic horns and it just like drops into a ska break and i was like yeah as soon as i put it all together i just remember like walking through downtown for like two hours after i finished that first like initial run of the song and recording it and just listening to it in my headphones on repeat and just feeling so good and so excited about it
0: that's awesome this is um the the one that i feel is like the biggest like there are like so many things and so many like layers happening That's why it's, in my opinion, kind of cool that it happens after high. That it's not actually the opener, because it's like high, sort of like sets you up, kind of like, hey, this is gonna be fun, this is gonna be a ride, and then this one is like, whoa, okay, we are going for it here.
1: Totally, yeah. And I've been, um, I, I, I've definitely like said this publicly before, but I think if you're, if you're going for like an album as like an experience front to back, I feel like the intro track is obviously very important, but I think the second track is really where things should kick into gear. If you're making like anything in like the indie emo punk, that kind of world, like the intro track can be kind of whatever, as long as it like is in line with the general feel of the album. But the second track really has to be the hook. And like, if if I'm, if I'm I'm finding out about a new album from an artist that I'm checking out, uh, the first song I play is going to be the second song on their most recent project. Mm, yeah. Cause like I said, the intro could go either way. It could be like an instrumental. It could be super long and not like indicative of what the rest of the album experience wise is going to be like. But I feel like if, if it's going to be something that I enjoy, that second track is going to be kind of the make or break for me. So I, I knew that we needed to have something that was going to kick shit into gear for my checkered future.
0: Yeah. And d- did you play all these things? Or are they all like, sample like played like because there's like strings on there too right
1: yeah yeah they're all they're all just midi instruments cool. i like wrote wrote the notes on keyboard and then just you know put them in on all the instruments yeah nothing is sampled except for you know just regular drum samples
0: that's cool um yeah i think it's interesting because some spots you have like clear like real horns like later but you have figured out your like midi sounds to the point now where like it's kind of tough to tell sometimes like you've really honed that in. Cause I remember a long time ago, like even um stuff you're doing like songs for mobs and things, you're really like struggling with like figuring that out. And I feel like you can tell that you've like solved that issue
1: now. Yeah, totally. Well, all the, all the horns on the record on my check of future are real horns. Yeah. All the, oh. all the trumpets were played by Chris Grau from loser. And oh, cool. Bob from, Uh, shinobu and fuss
0: oh cool so not only rapped on this on the record played the horns too yeah bob
1: played trombone on all the songs that have trombone and he has a feature on the record and chris played all the trumpet
0: oh sick so even on this track
1: yeah even on this track
0: yeah okay 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 Gotcha, gotcha 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 well that's partly why that sounds so good but um yeah there's so many cool layers on this one it's awesome
1: thanks yeah i i like i said earlier i feel like it's it's the weirdest track on the record, quote unquote, just because there's not a lot of like kind of synth wavy, like keyboard and stuff like on the rest of the record. Whereas this one is kind of built on top of it, but I feel like the song gets in and out enough that it doesn't set like a precedent for there to be a lot of crazy keyboard textures and pads on the rest of the album.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I think um, what's cool is that it sort of just lets you know that like get ready for anything.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's a good way of looking at it. Yeah.
0: That's sort of what I felt like when you shared it, when I was listening for the first time, as it was like, Oh, okay. I kind of remember this real big fish sample. And then it was like, Oh shit. I don't know what you're about to throw at me now.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Any, anything
1: goes. Yeah. It's 20, yeah. twenty twenty-two, baby. The oh, no yeah. rules, <laughs> especially, um, not Hyperska. especially not in hypersco, especially not in hypersco. um, yeah, this was actually going back to the horns thing. I think this was the song that I had for the record because I had midi horns all over the record um before I asked Chris and Bob to play real horns. Um, this was the first track, or this was the track where I realized I need real horns in order to make this album sound good. Like I was like, I want to try and do my my first indicator was obviously, okay, I gotta make a full ska record. That's gonna be super fun. Um let's see what it sounds like and then second thought was okay i'll do everything like in the box do everything on the computer um the only live thing will be guitar and vocals everything else will be midi or whatever and all the mini horns just don't sound as good like you can work with good samples but like having real people play horns is always gonna sound better and this song just exploded in my in my brain, once once we had the real horns on there. So shout out to Chris and Bob for their contributions to the project. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah definitely sounds awesome, and I think they like fit really well in like the mix too. Because even though we keep saying there's kind of a lot on this one, it's like perfectly balanced. You didn't mix, yeah. right? Someone else mixed it.
1: No, no, Chris Palowich. Um, shout out Chris Palowich. Chris mixed the record. He's uh, a good friend of mine. I've known him for uh, probably 10 years at this point. And he used to be in the band Just Friends. He's an incredible recording engineer and producer. And I, w- I wanted this record to sound as good as possible. And you know, I was still like mixing quite a bit of my own stuff at the time when I had all the tracks done and everything. Like I'd mixed Oh My God and Bummer Punk myself. And those were songs were already done. They weren't out yet, but they were finished. And I was like, if we're gonna do this and Bad Time's gonna do it, and it's gonna be on vinyl, and this is like has potential to be bigger than all my singles i want it to sound as good as it can so i brought it to chris and chris knocked it out of the fucking park dude is so talented and just so just so cool i like went over to his house and just hung out in the chair next to him while he mixed it and swatching him work was super inspiring and i feel like it made me better at mixing going forward just being with him and he he also um played trombone for jer at the last few shows that Jared did like on the, with the, the ska dream tour. Yeah. Um, So Chris is coming back into sky in a very big way.
0: <laughs> and you said that you had already mixed some of the, the ones that would have at this point already come out like songs online and stuff. Um Did you go back and rework them after having seen the way that Chris
1: was doing some stuff? A little bit. I think by the time that we had, like started working on this they were already i know that i know that oh my god was already mastered and so was bummer punk so those were like mixed and mastered and done and i i still even even going back and after working with chris i was still pretty proud of those mixes so it wasn't like oh god we need to start from square one and go back and fuck with everything but going forward like for songs online and two of us i feel like i was very inspired to make sure that those sounded as good and like brought on some of the techniques that I learned from him. And yeah, I, I feel like it super inspired me to get better and hone my ears a little bit more. All right. Things you see in me, the big hit single. Yeah. Lead single number one. <laughs> yeah. This, the, the song I'm, I'm really proud of and just doubling down on all the, all the wave references that like I kind of, um, sprinkled into high album edition this one I just kind of go in more like a a lot of the way that I write lyrics is just things that I think are absurd or funny that I just feel like well that has to that has to be in the song that's so funny and you know they're they're all tied into real emotions but it's like how can I put this in a way that's both ear grabbing and sincere to the way I feel and what I'm experiencing and I, I feel like I do a pretty good job of writing that line while I still feel them, but they also, like, energize me instead of, like, making me dwell on things that make me sad. It's it's good. It's I, I feel like it's a good balance of therapeutic and joyous.
0: Yeah, I think you do a really good job of writing or, like, towing that line where, like, I don't think this is, like, a sad song, but it's also not, like, some stupid goofy one. Like, yeah, you have all those, like, references in there, but I think you use them in a way that like makes your point and illustrates the thing and like goes with the tone of the song. I think it's, uh, I love it. It's awesome.
1: <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. Yeah, this one this one was fun because it's just like, obviously the the point of the song is like not really believing in yourself or not seeing in yourself what other people see in you. And, you know, kind of taking that and dwelling on it while still kind of realizing that people people do love you and people do appreciate you even when you don't appreciate yourself and felt I I I feel like you know obviously we know very well and people listening to this know like people view ska as goofy mozzarella music but it can also be really deep and obviously very political and charged and all that stuff and I, I feel like this is a good indicator of like that ska can be you know the same emotions as like midwest emo music and because that's obviously where i take a lot of inspo from and yeah I've, i think bringing bringing that and like having the dance ability and uh pop of ska in there makes for makes for a really interesting and fun listen
0: and i think it's really cool that you picked this one as the lead like announcement song because of the things you just said and it's also like for you like you've had to deal with a lot of like Well, that's not ska, and (laughs) and so it's pretty cool, in my opinion, to you to be like, well, if you don't see it, like other people are gonna see it, and I see it in me, and just the the whole like meta part of that, I think, is fucking awesome. Like, it's a
1: perfect rules. (laughs) Thank you. I didn't honestly didn't even think about that when I picked it, or when yeah when when Mike and I were talking about singles for the record, I was like, because you know, there's there's a handful of quote unquote high profile features. On this one, and I think those are some of the strongest songs and but we didn't we didn't want to announce with a featured song, right because I feel like that would i mean it would be it would be great, obviously, but i it, it wouldn't represent the same thing for me as an artist and the album as a project and bad time if it was like, here's this new artist who's collaborating with Omnigon or j or someone someone you already know. It's like, if you haven't heard me, this is me because I know that when I'm like as a music fan when I'm checking out a new artist like if I hear about a brand new song and this person suddenly on my radar I'm not going to go check out a song by them that has a feature on it first because I, I want I want that distillation of like who this artist is so I'll go back through their entire discography until I find a song that's just that and that happens like with a lot of hyper pop and like um hip-hop artists that I listen to these days like all their recent singles are collaborations and I'll just Completely skim over those, won't even listen until I get that first taste of the artists by themselves so that I can be like, oh, okay, so here's what they're going for. Here's what we're looking at. And then you can go back to the features and kind of see how they bring that into the collaborative process. And I wanted to make sure that that was um, accessible for listeners and my fans and my friends and people who are just finding the album for the first time.
0: So it looks like you've shot a video for this. Do you want to talk about that? Because it's obviously not out yet. So do you want to talk about the video?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So uh, Mike Sosinski from Bad Time and Kill Lincoln uh, shot and edited the video. Uh, there's so the city that Mike lives in and Mike and Adam from Omnigon, actually, they live in Alameda, California, and it's it's an island in the San Francisco Bay Area. And there's this like abandoned naval base on one of the shores. And it's got this like these like gigantic parking lots and just like open Lots and that's where we shot all the photos for the album, including the album cover and the back cover and um that's also where we decided we needed to shoot the video for the single because it's gotta i we we both just felt like it had to match the aesthetic of the album if you're like introducing this album and this is the first song, it's gotta look at least at least to me i I enjoy when those two things are congruent and go together right so we we went out to this this lot on this abandoned Naval base. And it, it's so cool. Cause we, we went like kind of gold, like pre golden hour-ish and just shot a bunch of stuff of me skanking around and singing and jumping, a lot of jumping. My, my knees really hurt the next day, <laughs> but I am, I've, and, uh, this, I'm so glad that Mike wanted to do like a jump shot for the album cover because it's like jumping is like one of my favorite like human joys just being able to do that's like something that just make just fills me with just such sincere joy and that energy that I feel I hope to bring that to my music and my personality and the fact that Mike suggested doing that for the album cover I was like yeah duh of course and yeah it just I I feel like it worked really well and getting the sunset in the background and there's there's a few shots in the video where you can see San Francisco just like over my shoulder and it's so Ah, it's just a, a stunning video and mike did a really good job at just pulling all the shots together and making me look really fucking cool when that's i'm awesome. just a gigantic goofball nerd <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah it's awesome and i like the the shot um like you're jumping like over the camera that's being used in the announcement right now it's it's a pretty cool way to like <laughs> introduce you i think
1: yeah dude yeah mike mike sent me that when he was working on and i was like yeah that's amazing let's fucking go
0: <laughs> yeah, it's so cool. I love it. So anything yeah, else on things you see in me?
1: Yeah, if you can uh hit my hit my DM, send me a message and let me know if you got all the references and I'll I'll send you a prize. It'll be fun.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of them. You probably thought, "Oh, I'm going to go into this breakdown and I'm going to find out what all of them are." But no, fuck you. You got to do it yourself.
1: Yeah, it's more fun that way. I I love when I can listen to a track like a bunch of times and not pick up everything and then you know, revisit it a little while later and it's like, oh shit, that's what that means? Or just, I, I, I want people like face palming when they get some of these because I think that's the funniest thing in the world.
0: Yeah, you got the overall sentiment of what's happening in the song. Now you have to do the work on the references.
1: Yeah, you gotta pick it apart yourself.
0: DIY. So Nickel City, the first big feature of the album.
1: Yeah. So this is this song is so old, or the genesis of this song is so old. I like Wrote that main guitar riff uh, for the chorus when I was in high school, like 10 years ago. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I've, I've never been in a ska band. My high school pop punk band had like all ska song and it sucked. And I've been, a, you know, I've been a huge fan of ska for a long time, but have never gotten to be in a ska band. And after I finished high school, I moved up to Chico to start college and tried to start a ska band. And it didn't work, but I had I had this riff and I was like, this is a really cool, like fun, fun riff, and just never did anything with it. And then I started pursuing Eichler's seriously. And I got this, I got these ideas to like make hyperska. And I was like, well, I've you had this riff for 10 years. Let's see if I can finally do something with it. And it became Nickel City.
0: Hell yeah. That riff is really cool. I can't Thank believe you. you like sat on it for that long. Yeah, dude. <laughs> That's awesome, and then
1: it it kind of it kind of ties into like the sentimentality or the subject of Nickel City as well, because I like had that riff back when I was getting to know Adam, and uh, Nickel City, the song title, um, is the name of a nickel arcade in San Jose, California, where I started meeting the people who'd become some of my best friends. Uh, we talk about it uh, quite a bit on my episode of In Defense of Ska. So go check that out uh, to hear the full story. But yeah, it was at those shows where I met where I met Adam and we became friends. Right. And that was probably around the same era that I like had this riff. So when I finished the song, I was like, it'd be fun to collaborate with Adam or with, with someone on this song. And Adam was the first person who came to mind because we've kept in touch over the years. And I knew that he was always riding hard for Ska. And when I was getting back into the scene and trying to figure out like, who is still, like, who is making cool ska nowadays, like, Adam was my touchstone. Yeah. And I was like, hey, do you want to be on the song? He said, absolutely. And he just fucking, I just remember hearing his verse for the first time and getting so hyped. And I was, I was glad because I gave him, like, the most hype part of the song with the, like, big kind of dance hall stops in it. I was like, Adam's just gonna body this. And he did, dude. It's so sick.
0: So, did you write the stuff or did he come up with all that himself?
1: He wrote the entirety of his verse. Yeah. Oh shit. That's yeah, so I cool. Him, I know, and it's all it's all autobiographical too. He'll have to um, break that down. Maybe maybe I'll ask him to like go live with me on IG uh, after the record comes out, and we can talk about it. But yeah, there's a there's a lot of like autobiographical stuff in there uh, that ties into his touring days from Link Park because yeah, obviously the song is about like playing DIY shows at right. fucking nickel arcades and doing shitty tours, uh, but, you know, making genuine connections and being a part of like a a greater scene and community and just reflecting on that and just realizing how important music and uh, community has been in my life. And, you know, Adam has been doing it longer than I have and has experienced those same things. So naturally he brought that, brought that heat to the track.
0: That's so cool. Hearing it the first time, it's like, I've never heard Adam like this and to now find out that Adam actually like wrote all that stuff too. That was the biggest thing I was dying to ask was if you like fed him the stuff and he just got really hype. Man, that is wild. That's so cool. I'm so stoked that he did all that himself.
1: (laughs) Yeah, dude. Yeah. I just, I sent him the hook and I sent him my verse and I was like, here's what the song is about. And he's like, say no more. And he just fired back with that. I, I think in his first draft, he got, his age wrong in one of the lyrics and he's like i gotta i gotta re-record that it's gonna drive me fucking crazy (laughs) um so i think i think i have an old draft where a lyric is wrong in uh adam's autobiographical timeline
0: that'll be on the um the extended cut of the record in like 10 years
1: the the deluxe reissue
0: yeah the the adam fucks up cut
1: there we go yeah when i when i first got his feature back i was like do you want like effects on your voice like how do you want me to mix it because this was this was back in like march of 2020 probably when he first sent it to me maybe maybe earlier than that i can't remember um this song predates i may be cute but i'm dumb as fuck like i i think i think we wrote this song probably around the same time i wrote text me tomorrow and wow rude so the song is very old um but yeah i asked him what what he wanted like effects wise on his voice. Cause I was like, I'm going to add, I'm going to add tune autumn. I'm going to auto tune Adam. <laughs> and, um, he was like, Nah just throw some distortion on it. It'll be sick. And I was like, okay. And then, uh, I was talking to him a few weeks ago and he's like, dude, why didn't you put any auto tune on my voice? And I was like, you said you didn't want any, I would love to auto tune you. Yeah. And he was like, well, I want it now. And I'm like too fucking late, dude. Yeah,
0: man. It's, it's been <laughs> shipped. It's too
1: late. <laughs> I
0: guess the alternate cut can have auto-tune. Yeah, there we go. Fucking Adam, always changing shit.
1: Love Adam, big fan.
0: Yeah, Adam's the best. Let's see. I thought I had something else to say about it, but you blew my mind that it was him actually writing that stuff.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, I don't know. That's fucking awesome.
1: Yeah, nice. shout out shout out, Adam. Listen to Omnigon. If you're, if you're a fan of my music and you haven't delved into the Bad Time Records family yet, check out uh, all of Omnigon stuff put out a record in 2019 that is incredible. Yeah. And just so many, so many just consistent ska core bangers ever since. For sure. And Adam's Adam's great. He knows he knows how to write hooks. He knows how to get sentimental. Mm, big big fan. Dude is so talented and yeah. so so nice and so tall.
0: Yeah, so giant. Huge. Huge. It's like <laughs> underrated how huge he is the funniest thing is that picture of him with uh, jessica from flying raccoon suit oh my god yeah where they're like giant like he's like two feet taller than her like a foot and a half <laughs> or something it's ridiculous
1: yeah. that's how i feel I'm, I'm i'm pretty small too that's how i feel when i stand next to adam and this was so this song was like in my head when i was putting the album together and knew that i was going to make a sky up and i was like this has to be a single i feel like this is single material like the record wasn't completely written yet, but I was like, this song has the energy to like stand on its own as a single, and just the idea of us doing a video for this together and just looking so different in terms of stature and stuff. I was like, this is this is gonna be a wild ride, but that hasn't happened.
0: Maybe eventually
1: it could. Yeah, I'm, sh- I'm, I'm not sure. Adam videos for everything.
0: Yeah, I'm sure Adam would be down.
1: Yeah, maybe you could just like put me on his shoulders and we could film a video like that. <laughs> It'd be sick at yeah. the at the We Are the Union show. He just like picked me up and threw me over his shoulder at the end of their set and just like carried me across the room. Yeah, just like for no reason. It was awesome.
0: That is an Adam show move. Yeah, like years and years ago when we played together, he did that to me a few times. <laughs> that's 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 his move. That's a guy. I guess he just knows he's gonna Hulk out sometimes.
1: <laughs> Got to Hulk out. <laughs>
0: Yeah, Adam's the best. I'm so excited. Like when you first sent it to me that he was like on the album. God, this is so good. I'm so excited that he did this. I seriously can't handle it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, dude, man of of many talents. He was actually uh, the first person I sent a finished version of the project to. It wasn't every song that would eventually make the record. I think there were a couple anomalies on there. Not anomalies, but like I think uh, Anthem for a New Tone in its first draft edition was on there. I think there were like six or seven songs. And I was like, here's like a ska record I'm working on. Do you want to hear it? And he said, oh, yeah. And then I got a text from him like 20 minutes later after he finished listening, he said, well, that was the weirdest ska record I've ever heard. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, sick, box checked.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's definitely weird, but it's like, I think it's the kind of weird that we need. It's super original. Like there's definitely not a record like this. So that's where it should be. Absolutely. Okay, 99 resolutions. The next big yeah. feature. Lead single number 2. Yeah, single number 2, the next big feature.
1: Yeah, so Tape Girl aka Beth aka Hi I'm Princess Precure um is one of my favorite artists currently. I just feel like she's always pushing the boundary of what a ska artist and just like a creative person making diy music can do Every, all her output has been so jaw-droppingly interesting and good mm-hmm. it's like just solid good songs and just her approach to lyric writing and mixing and instrumentation is so inspiring to me and when i found out that you know because i had this idea for hyper ska and like this is the avenue that i'm going to pursue I wonder if anyone else is doing like electronic ska stuff and I found out about Tape Girl. I don't remember how, maybe through Brooklyn Vegan or Bad Operation posted about her. And I like immediately sent her DM. I, I listened to uh, No Thoughts, Head Empty, just on repeat that entire day after I found it. And was just like, holy shit, your music is amazing. You are amazing. Right. This is so sick. Yeah. And I've just been diehard fan ever since. And I was putting the record together and I wrote this song and I was like, I got to, I got to get a feature on this. I wonder if Beth will be interested, and she was. And I just, I just feel like she adds like just that last perfect piece to the song that just makes it hit. And just her, her, ah, there's something about how calmly she like incorporates into the beat with her, with her lyrics, and just yeah. kind of the apathy of, um, you know, being stuck on the couch and just feeling like life is just kind of churning. Mm-hmm. i just feel like works really well with the overall track and before that like explosion of the last chorus is at the end it's so cool she did such a good job
0: yeah the way that she comes in almost feels like um i can't think of a good example of a specific song off the top of my head but the kind of singles that would happen in like like mid to late 90s like pop radio kind of like R&B stuff, almost like. Yeah, totally. Where you're, like, hearing most of the song, but you've, like, seen or heard the radio DJ, like, say that so-and-so is going to be on, and when they come in, they kind of, like, meld themselves into the track in the verse, and it's probably, like, the third, like, because those songs had, like, five verses or some shit because they were so long back then, but it's, like, that verse suddenly, like, becomes their thing, and it's, like, it felt like they were there all along, but actually you'd already heard most of the song already. That's sort of what I feel like happens here. And the same, we'll talk about it later, but I think the same thing happens with Jair's feature. Um, yeah. I fucking love that you did that because a lot of your influence is similar to those types of things. And that's certainly not something we get in our scene. And I love that you pulled in people that you wouldn't hear like that normally and got them to do that. It's so fucking cool.
1: Yeah, thank you, and that's and that's kind of piggybacking off like you, my first like public Eichler's release, the Scene Kids mixtape that I did with all my friends in Salt Lake. Like, those are folks who have like never done this kind of like electronic alt hip hop hyper pop type stuff before, and they just brought their element to it and just changed the song and did things in such a cool way. And I always I always just feel like the best features on a song should shift the energy in a positive direction i feel like you don't I, I don't really like it when a featured artist comes on a song and just kind of goes with the same vibe that the main artist or that other features on there have presented i feel like everyone should bring their own energy um you know whether it be hype or mellow to to the track and i feel like when beth comes in it just like completely changes the feel of the song and just makes it super like in in a very cool interesting way.
0: Yeah, for sure, and like we haven't really heard Beth seen like that. She can on like Instagram yeah. Lives and things where she's like playing with like a acoustic guitar and like kind of like slowing down some of the thought the songs she's done like No Thoughts or yeah, I don't know. I mean, I mean, I guess you kind of heard it on like Pepperoni or some stuff, but it's really interesting to hear that so did you kind of like coach her on that or is this the same thing where you're like hey here's what i'm hoping just kind of have fun same thing
1: yeah holy shit i just happened to luck out and work with these incredible fucking creative ass people i sent her i sent her my my verse and the chorus no I, i sent her like an early draft of the chorus which was not what the what the hook ended up being and and my verse which was Yeah, I think pretty much the one that made the final edition of the record. And I don't even think she sent me drafts. She just sent me that and it was perfect. Never went back and changed anything. Amazing. And it was just, yeah, that's exactly how it was. And she just brought it. And I just, I just feel like it's so, it's so her. Mm -hmm. It's so like Tape Girl. It's got like the nods to the video games and just like, yeah, it's, it's, uh, I don't know. I'm at a loss for words. Yeah. Love, love tape girl. Shout out big yeah. fan.
0: Yeah. The way the, the very first line that felt to me like something she would have written and not you, but I definitely wasn't sure. Cause maybe you like channeled her cause you love her so much.
1: <laughs> <laughs> now that is all 100% princess Precure cool death.
0: That's fucking awesome.
1: Yeah. yeah. Um, the, the song itself, the instrumentation, um was uh something a a very like coherent thought it's like okay i'm making a ska record i want to do like a one drop beat but with like trap drums Mm -hmm. so originally the song was called one drop and then like you know i programmed some kind of like uh bubble like piano riff like you'd find in like a a two-tone song and i I I think it turned out super cool. There's no ska guitars because I wanted to juxtapose the very ska drums and instrumentation with just like Midwest emo twinkly guitars. Right. I feel like it it adds like a really cool texture to the album and the project as a whole.
0: Yeah, that's something I wanted to bring up was if you wanted to get technical, I guess you could say this isn't a ska song, but it certainly feels like a ska song because you've got the drums and the rhythm and all the other trademarks besides the guitar are there. And it's so cool that you twisted that that way
1: yeah yeah thank you yeah and that was that was definitely like what i was going for too it's because i didn't you know obviously ska is the rhythm like at its core and i i rely so heavily on guitar to make things ska because i'm a guitar player and that's kind of the only instrument i'm really good at um so i wanted to see if i could make this song that still feels ska but without the the crutch of that like skankin little guitar
0: Yeah, but at the core of your sound, like rhythm, whether it's a ska rhythm or not, like rhythm is like the core of your sound, right? And so it's so cool that you have such a grasp of rhythm in like different genres that you can subvert things in that way. Like that is sort of what I'm saying is that like you've clearly like taken another step in like things that you were doing like back when we like first met and things that like you were first releasing at that time. Like, this is a clear indication of that. Like, your command of, like, rhythms and subverting expectations. Yeah, totally. It's fucking awesome.
1: Thank you. Just having fun.
0: It's time to earn some Ska Bucks! We'll get back to the track-by-track breakdown of My Checkered Future in just a minute, but real quick, I want to tell you about the Ska Punk International Patreon. You can find it at patreon.com slash Ska International. When you head over there, you'll find lots of really cool perks, like the Scopunk International Discord that's only for patrons and includes our guest today, Eichlers. You can also get a discount code for the Scopunk International web store, so you can use that for merch or CDs, tapes, or records that I'm releasing or distributing. You can also get previews of upcoming Scopunk International releases, and on certain tiers, you can even get exclusive Scopunk International merch that's only available through Patreon. So again, head over to patreon.com slash international to subscribe for as little as a dollar. And I hope to see you there. Now, back to the episode. All right, side B. I need help immediately. I have to say, I think this is my favorite track on here. It's the one since you shared with me that I've listened to. Yeah, it's the one I've listened to the most.
1: Fascinating.
0: Uh, I've listened to the whole thing through probably like six or seven times. But this one I've listened to probably like 15 times
1: interesting
0: yeah the the tone of the whole thing is not like something you hear like ever the closest thing i think is the um little like bed music you you i commissioned you to make for the show like i feel like beyond that because not all that many people hear that or even pay attention to that i've never heard anything like this before and i can't get enough of it i'm obsessed with it
1: interesting so this this song was my my attempt at just making like a ska dance song because i feel like all the all the ska records that i grew up loving like had a track that was well you know this is this is my one step beyond essentially yeah to compare it to something else i just wanted like a phrase or a small hook and then mostly just rhythm movement so this is this is one that if I do it, it shows will just be this is this is the circle pit song, this is the everybody dance, everyone's skanking for yeah. two and a half minutes song.
0: Yeah. And that's Bob that plays the trombone on
1: this. Yeah, that is Bob shredding on the trombone.
0: It's so good. It's so cool.
1: Yeah. Well, it just again, like, like I was saying with the vocal features, it when that trombone comes in at that part, the mood just completely shifts. Yeah. From like how how I've introduced the vibe for the track up until that point as soon as you hear that trombone you're like oh shit it's on and it just like kind of all breaks down and then beat picks back up and the bone keeps going and then the harms come in oh it's love bob big fan
0: yeah it's fucking awesome the the keys on here you played that
1: yeah
0: oh my god it's so good or it's i like... didn't
1: yeah thank you i didn't i didn't play it because i don't have like a keyboard and also no, i no, cannot no. play keyboard to save my life but yeah i, I programmed it and wrote it all my yeah, yeah
0: right yeah that's what i meant Like, I think the way you described, like, one step beyond or something is pretty close. Like, it's one step beyond with like dance beats, basically. And I guess that's why I'm so obsessed with it. Like, it feels almost (laughs) like a two, like a two tone song, but like from the future or something.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's exactly like the mark I was aiming for. And that's what I, that's why I wanted like the very ska keyboard. I think that's like a combination of two sounds that I found on these couple synths that I have. And I was like, this is about as close to the quote-unquote ska organ sound that I have in my head like I wasn't using like a reference track or trying to replicate something that I'd heard like on a madness record or on like a two-tone record I was like in in my head what do I think of when I hear ska organ oh this is pretty close let's just go with that
0: something about the the guitar like you do this sometimes where like maybe it's the chords or maybe you're like using some alternate tuning or something where it just sounds so like distinctly you but you don't always do it like what's what's the deal yeah. what's going on there
1: yeah so that's that's definitely like a theme and a big indicator of this album and like this era to me and you know people people can agree or disagree based on their perception of my music from the timeline that I presented as an artist. but like there was a time where I would play the chords super high on the guitar and then pitch them down an octave, so that's where you get that like low guitar sound, so those are yeah. like very high chords on the neck but pitch down so that it gives them this really cool almost kind of like a baritone guitar texture Is that i assume that's what you're talking about yeah 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 so like i i have that like all over this record and then on like anthem for a new tone i think i do that in the bridge yeah um yeah i've i definitely like tried to make that a part of my signature sound and i'll i'm definitely bringing that back in some of the newer tracks i'm working on too so yeah, that 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 like in one ear and then like the twinkly midwest emo riff, but also pitch down a whole step or like a whole a whole octave, like I feel like adds a really really cool like kind of sadness or moodiness to what is the dance track of the record.
0: Yeah, I think that, um I guess like let's call it the baritone guitar. The first time I pretty sure I heard you do that, it was in that commission song.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. I guess I did do it, and, and I right. think
0: that's that's probably why it reminds me of it. Um, it's a very different thing, but that's probably why it is. Um, because in some of the other spots you've done it before, it's only like for part of it, and it's like the entire the entire song here.
1: Yeah. Oh I yeah. Just, I didn't. I didn't even realize that. Yeah. I I just assumed that not l- currently listening to the song that it was just like a pitch down part. But you're right. It is the like from start to finish. That is that pitch down guitar the entire time.
0: Yeah. I, I i can't get enough of it like that plus like <laughs> the trombone plus like i just i fucking love this song it's so cool
1: like I'm so good. i feel like yeah and you're some of the other people i've sent the record to have said similar things like this was a standout track to them which is funny because you know i love all the songs that i've put out and recorded otherwise i wouldn't be releasing them but if i had to pick like a weak link for the record this would be the song hmm,
0: weird yeah i feel like. This is like the glue of the record. Like, Bastard. I get, I get why there's. It's certainly not a single. Like, I definitely right. understand that.
1: Imagine if we let off the announcement with this.
0: <laughs> I mean, I would freak out, but I, I, I totally get why that's not a thing. Like, not yeah, I, I don't know it,
1: if this one is as seeker sensitive. as Yeah, yeah. Things I think. Me.
0: I, I think it's like a little niche or something, which is weird in like an album that's like so like original and experimental and stuff, but. Uh, I feel like without this and um, like later, like whole lot of rude. I feel like it's just an album of like features and stuff. Like I feel like this is like where it be, like this. Uh, I mean things you see. We already talked about that. But like, like it becomes an experience, like an album, because you're like doing this type of stuff.
1: Totally, yeah, and I I appreciate that, and that's that's what I was kind of going for with with having that like the my one step beyond in there is because that's what makes like some of those foundational ska records for me like that's what makes them make sense as an as an experience as a project from front to back so it's it's really cool to hear you say that and that like definitely brings up my my favor of this track (laughs) quite a bit
0: yeah i like it's one of those things where like all the like ska records that a lot of people like reference are Full of tracks like this that people forget about, and I guess that's sort of why I'm obsessed with it in a big, bigger sense, because it proves yet again how much understanding you have of this genre and that you can just like break it apart in a new way. Totally. Fuck. I just. Oh God. Even though I don't don't know, dude.
1: People. People don't think that I that I know Scott. I think they're right. I'm a poser. (laughs)
0: Yeah, you clearly don't know shit about it. You just like learned how to play upstrokes and did a bunch of trap beats. Here's
1: one 100 Gex song once. Yeah. Look at me now.
0: Yeah, right? (laughs) You played some upstrokes and got on a hyperpop playlist.
1: Yeah, it's easy as that. You asked to get famous and you did. (laughs) Be careful what you wish for. (laughs) The song title on this one is one of the funniest things in the world to me no one has said like no one has acknowledged the song title or what it's referencing yet and i'm really looking forward to the first person who does that so if you recognize it and you get it let me know
0: yeah i definitely don't other than it's just funny that you put hep instead of help I i don't know what you're actually referencing i have no idea okay sick so i guess you got homework out there everybody yep I can't just I can't solve all this stuff for you. I
1: just can't. This this episode is an education in DIY.
0: I mean, here's the facts. You're just full of mystery and you love it. That's your one of your favorite things. You love teasing things and making people figure it out.
1: It's fun. It's it's like my favorite part of being a music fan. So I'm just I'm I'm like doing the stuff that I would love like bands and artists that I like to do. Like I love like I said, going back to a song or growing, growing up, like listening to a song and then revisiting it years later and like finally understanding that weird obtuse lyric that always kind of rubbed me the wrong way back then, or listening three or four times through an album and figuring out where the parts connect and, Oh, this lyric is um, referencing this book or this, this like obscure rap song or this obscure acoustic folk song from the seventies. Like, that shit rules. That's so fun. And it's so enriching as like a music fan. So I, I try and do that whenever possible. And bonus, bonus points if it makes me laugh really hard while I'm doing
0: it. <laughs> yeah, it should be fun, right? Yeah. Yeah, doing all that is honestly so sick. <laughs> <laughs> On... <laughs> I've been dying to say that this whole time. <laughs> uh,
1: dude. Mike, Mike and I have just been saying that to each other like nonstop since we put the album to press. Yeah, like started commenting it on my stuff, and because and we're just like, hey.
0: <laughs> yeah. And so we might as well talk about it. Uh, yeah. honestly, so sick. The the true Bob feature on here.
1: Yeah, shout out Boboso the Bone Master. Hell yeah. Um, yeah. So this song, uh, is about. I wrote this song like post pandemic. So this is like May or June twenty twenty, and this is just like about you know, people just not really giving a shit about anyone but themselves and just people, people being people being ding And yeah, so there's there's like a, a few like nods to just, you know, people not taking pandemic and, you know, uh, all that shit seriously or not realizing that their actions could, you know, affect people who are different from them or, you know, people who might be immunocompromised or stuff like that, like just. Yeah, on it's honestly so sick that you don't think I'm worth it. Like Right. That's kind of that's kind of that jab. And yeah, so that's that's like the overall sentiment of the song for sure.
0: I think the it's honestly so sick that you don't think I'm worth it is a perfect Ike lyric. Like you wanna say like slang and be a little fun, but also like jab and make your point and make you realize like, oh, Oh okay. <laughs> like like that that's like the that's like the ike thesis and it's right there and it's great. It's fucking awesome.
1: Thank you. Yeah, yeah, the original so it it's funny that you bring up that lyric specifically in like the song talk cuz that wasn't in my f- like first draft of the lyrics like before I wrote that that like final chorus. I think <laughs> I think most of the lyrics were there, but that last lyric was vibing and surviving. Instead of honestly, so sick. Oh, that's so I'm different. I'm really glad they didn't go with that because that's just like so stupid.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's that's stupid, not in a good way, not yeah. in the not in the Ike way.
1: No, it's just like dumb. Yeah, that was one of those things. It's just like this is funny, and then like a week later, I was like, no, nah, this isn't funny. It's also not good.
0: That's <laughs> that's I may be cute, but I'm dumb. Yeah, it's yeah. Just, you're just dumb. <laughs> it's just dumb. <laughs> Um. Yeah, I'm glad that you you made that switch. So we've already we've already established through the other ones. So Bob wrote all the verse on this.
1: Yeah, Bob wrote the entire verse. That one seemed clear. Oh, totally. Yeah, and it's just some of his like his little two tone flip is so cool. Yeah, and yeah. And this is this is another one where like I said, I sent him the thing, gave him the blurb, and then he sent this back, and I was just like, yeah and just listening to those uh to his ad-libs just isolated while i was mixing with chris we just played them over and over again and just laughed and laughed just (laughs) hearing like bobs in both ears going pantone two-tone so sick (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome (laughs) and it's really really funny when uh chris was mixing this he because you know Bob says, Boboso so right before his verse comes in, and Chris, like dead ass, thought I had to talk him out of it. That it, he thought it was Ounga, <laughs> like some. I don't, I don't know what that would mean, but I just imagine like Georgia the Jungle swinging in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but no, it's I was like, no, do he's saying his name? He's like, no, it's no, he's not. I'm like, yes, he is. <laughs> and then, um, Chris, Chris and Bob met at one of the." jeff rosenstock's god dream shows and i guess chris told him that so i like bob texted me later that night i think that was at the la show or something because you know bob has uh that verse on scram so You're right. he was on stage with jeff and um I, I just got a text from Bob. He's like yo i met your homie chris and bob's like oh <laughs> <laughs> i was like yeah, yeah.
0: It,
1: was really, it was really cute and
0: you and bob go way back right
1: Yeah, yeah. I've known Bob as long as I've known Adam because they used to be in our boots together. Yeah. So I've known Bob for a long time and he runs this really awesome little label called Fat and Funky. And they put out a tape from one of my old bands and a lot of like really foundational punk and indie releases. And Bob has played bass in this incredible band called Shinobu for years who I saw so much when I was in high school. And just Bob has always been like a very cool figure and very influential in my life. As, like, a cool punk adult who is always doing cool things and just being nice and a very cool, um, like community member. I said cool a lot, but you know, he's very cool.
0: Uh, yeah, Bob also hosts the uh dog people podcast. If you haven't heard that,
1: all yeah, about the, that's right,
0: the Gingnong Boys. It's a fucking awesome yeah. podcast. I think I they... tried
1: so many times to get into Nong Boys over the years, and I haven't haven't cracked it so i haven't listened to the pod but i have some friends who are like fans of my music and yeah. love gingang boys who well actually my friend b aka dynastic is like a pretty big fan of gingang boys and i was like oh yeah like i the first time we hung out they brought that podcast up i was like yeah that's my friend bob hosts that podcast and they were like oh shit no way
0: yeah yeah i mean i i think they're like fully done like i haven't done an episode since november i think it's only if like they can get a new like interview or something otherwise i think oh, they're cool. done but it's, yeah, Bob and a few other people like Mike Huguenot and stuff. But yeah, fa- fans of this show, international music and stuff, I'm sure a lot of you like Young Boys. And if you haven't, you should probably check them out. Unrelated to what's going on with Ike. But that show is fantastic. Bob is so good on that show. Lots of research. Lots of really interesting stuff. So Bob is really cool. Bob's also in Fuss. There were new yeah. stuff oh that came out God. recently. It's fucking awesome. Yeah.
1: They put out a record this year that is... May probably my album of the year at this point.
0: Yeah, it's fucking awesome. Yeah, I
1: mean it's still pretty early, mid February, but yeah, that that record is so good. Bob's just Bob's such a good songwriter and such a good lyricist. He writes such cute but poignant lyrics, and he's been he's been doing it like as long as I've known him. Dude's just like consistently good, and he doesn't. I mean, I it feels weird to say he doesn't rap very much anymore, considering he has two quote-unquote high-profile features in the last two years right but yeah he's he's made like a slew of rap albums under the name boboso and just very very fun like nerdy bars about being being a weird goofy punk dude something yeah you can all relate to as fans of this show and ska music
0: <laughs> right yeah um it's been a while like what grown-ass man like 2013 2014 or something like yeah i was it listening to the record
1: last week it's been a minute
0: <laughs> yeah yeah it's been a while Um, i actually hadn't even heard any of that stuff until he was on Sky dream but oh cool it's fucking awesome
1: <laughs> yeah so it's
0: good. i went and got all that stuff off Bandcamp that day that that dropped like i was like oh this is the t- this is my type of shit so yeah yeah, yeah, and
1: I, I, he he produced all that stuff too. So he's like, he wasn't just yeah. rapping on other people's beats. He's like doing everything,
0: right? Yeah,
1: yeah. And when you know, when I when I had that slowdown in this song, I was like, I have no idea what I'm gonna do in terms of writing my own lyrics. I'll have another collaboration. And I was like, I'll get like, I'll get Bob to just body this part of the beat, and he did. It just gave him that hard ass slowdown, and all of a sudden he comes in and just so sick. Yeah, it's
0: just hard to imagine anyone but. Uh, Bob or Boboso doing that feature. It's like it's perfect. It's it's perfect yeah. for him. So,
1: yeah, yeah. And he, <laughs> I'm so glad he did it. And he was he was very patient with me too. There was there was a while after he recorded. He's like, when's the song coming out? And I was like, I'm gonna save it for the album. He's like, okay, when's the album coming out? And you know, this was two years ago. So, <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> he's that's been very a long patient. Time. I after I heard his verse on "God Dream," I was like, yo we're gonna be on another record and he's like i'm glad i'm the i'm glad i'm the ska rapper now and i was like me too dude me too
0: yeah because he recorded this before that yeah yeah that's so crazy but hey it works out in your favor it all works out i i think
1: so yeah yeah and hopefully in bob's favor too
0: (laughs) and uh i feel like this is the right spot to talk about how i think that your choice of features is essential to the album too because obviously you know a lot of people you could have asked for some of these things, but I think your picks are what make them so good. It's not like features are a normal thing on a Scott record, right? Like, right? May, maybe there's one, maybe there's two, or like the features are actually more like they just kind of like play together or something. Like these are like true features in like a hip hop sense, right? So it was really important that you like made good picks, and I think you nailed it. Like, thank you. Ab- absolutely.
1: Yeah, I just I wanted to work with, you know, people who were the epitome of ska, whether that be nostalgia or like you know the ska that was foundational for me growing up in the punk scene, like Adam and Bob, or people that I'm so excited about right now in this moment in time, like Beth and Jer. Like I I knew that like if I was gonna have features, it had to ride, ride that line, and I'm. So excited that everyone just brought their fucking a game to this. It just made the track so much better than they could have been if it was just if it was just me or if it was anyone else. Yeah, I just feel like we've we've all created something really special together.
0: Was there anyone you were hoping to get on that you weren't able to?
1: Yeah, yeah. I asked uh, I asked Mike Park and he said no. I was like, hey Mike, I'm writing a sky record. Do you want to be on it? And he was like, no, I don't have time. And I said, okay.
0: Oh well, thanks, Mike. That's that's fine. That's fair. He is super busy.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I figured it was a sh- shot in the dark. I was like, it'd be fun to have a Mike Park feature. But maybe in the future. Not right now. I want to auto-tune Mike because I know he hates auto-tune. That'd be super funny.
0: Yeah, he would be... You would send that to him and you'd be like, what the fuck?
1: <laughs> <laughs> it'd be so sick.
0: Yeah. Honestly, so sick. Um,
1: Honestly, so sick.
0: Okay, Buddy Icon. The Big Jer feature. Yeah. The third single. The big
1: Jer feature. Single number three yeah, this was um this is probably my favorite song on the record. Just listen, listening back every time through. This one just gets me gets me going. It gets me so pumped and so excited. and I feel like this is like the like emo banger that I'm always chasing. Like this is that feeling and that sentiment that I'm trying to get in so many of my songs, and I feel like I finally got it in this one and uh there's there's a little bit of a nod to something in the chorus if you pick that up let me know um and yeah i've i feel like the the little ike voice in the hook is perfect i feel like it it rides the mood super well um a lot of a lot of fun twinkly riffs in this one um yeah and buddy icon as as a track title is uh supposed to be Supposed to evoke a feeling of nostalgia in people my age. Cause remember like AOL Instant Messenger, badassbuddy.com, buddy yeah. icon. And and the the theme of the song, or like the the subject is like kind of failing at being a good friend to someone or just fucking someone up by not being uh communicative. And yeah, it's some something I wrote about like a very um not yeah, it just a very bad experience i had on on my part with one of my closest friends and just like feeling like i totally failed and created this weird rift in our friendship that was completely my fault and that just could have just been easily avoided by just being real and talking about my feelings instead of like tiptoeing around the point of the problem so it's it's kind of like a reminder to to me to just like be be upfront and say say what you mean because it's always better to be truthful with people than to, you know, like dance around the point.
0: Yeah. I love that. And I, I yeah, besides I need help, this is definitely my favorite. Um, <laughs> the way, the everything you're talking about, it's super meaningful to me. I've had a similar thing happen. It came through very clearly in the, on the first listen. It's super impactful to me. And then it really hits hard when Jer comes in. The first time it hits hard because it's like, wow, Jer's actually like singing, singing. It's When you see like, oh, it features Jer, you're not necessarily expecting that the first time. Right. I think Jer, Jer's voice is super underrated. Some of the covers that they've done when they sing and stuff are some of my favorites. And then now that like we're, we're hearing this and people have heard the Honey Rune record, Jer like crushes vocals on that one. But, oh,
1: oh dude, their their vocals on that are just next level. Yeah, it's incredible.
0: So but the the way the vocals are on this track really like impact and help enhance the point of everything you're talking about with the song, especially like the lyrics. Um in in that verse that they do, it's it's awesome. I love it. I feel yeah, the yeah. opposite that you're saying, you get kind of like hyped. Like this one is like super like vibey and like I don't know, like super emotional to me
1: yeah there's just there's just something about about that the hook and that melody that just makes me it just gets me going it makes me excited, yeah, well, like I said, maybe that's just because the high of chasing that that vibe or that that feeling like finally getting there and hearing and mm. feeling that every time I hear the song, like you're right, it's not like a very energetic song, but yeah, and just when. I mean same thing with this feature I sent Jared the hook sent them my verse and I love how they like piggybacked off some of the lyrics that I had written with their lyrics and like responded with similar imagery like that was so fucking cool
0: yeah yeah And this this goes back to stuff I was saying earlier it, this also feels like one of those kind of like throwback things I mean from the title it was clear you're trying to like evoke nostalgia yeah but the way that like this kind of like enhances the track and feels almost like a throwback, like radio single is just incredible. I love it. What else about the song? I feel like there's a lot more that you probably have to say about that.
1: I, I, I don't, I don't think there's any really any more to be said that I can put to words that isn't already in the song.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Um, You kind of like laid it all out there on this one. It's probably like,
1: definitely like, me not not like playing with imagery or references very much it's kind of just straight for I mean there's a little bit of poke, like the the shoelaces line obviously there's a little something but for the most part it's just kind of cut and dry like here's what I'm feeling yeah definitely. which is something that is difficult for me to do because a I think it's more fun to kind of dress things up or be be sassy and coy about things but yeah in in this one it kind of just spilled right out and I'm I'm really proud of it and it feels feels very sincere.
0: It definitely feels sincere. Um correct me if I'm wrong this is the only little ike on the record, right? No, I don't think so. No. It's in other no. spots and I just missed it.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's definitely some that's like buried in like backup vocals uh like honestly so sick in the last chorus. Um yeah, little little ike is on a couple other songs, but this is like definitely the biggest. Well, well, no, look, no, that's Lil Ike is the first voice you hear in things you see in me. Oh, yeah, you're fucking right.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah you're right. I'm just <laughs> an idiot. It just feels like more prominent here, I guess, for me. So that's why I just wasn't thinking like that. So that's fair. Um, I just love Lil Ike. It's my favorite. Yeah, it helps. Too. It helps, like, I think you do a good job in this one, like, using it to, like, help drive the emotion of the song.
1: Totally. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, cuz the I mean the idea like behind the like is something that I uh learned from my obsession and fanaticism with brock hampton like they do that in a lot of their songs in the saturation series to kind of um or when when they want to talk back or when they want to speak as like a younger version of themselves, right? Yeah, and I I feel like the way the way that I try and use it is like kind of my my inner voice or like the the insecurities in myself like speaking and that's that's why I feel like it's it's maybe hits so much harder in this song is because coupled with the lyrics that I'm singing with that voice is just like coming from just the little the scared little anxious part of me
0: yeah I think I'm also like sensitive to the emotions of that one ever since like you used it in the God only knows one on Songs for Moms. That one is like super emotional to me. And so I'm like uh hyper aware I guess of looking for those. And I guess your use of that and things you see didn't grab me in that way. So I gotta listen to it again with that lens. Yeah, totally. Big old whoops on my part. (laughs) Yeah, I just love this one. I, I love everything about this one in a different way from like other stuff on the record. That's sort of why I think this record is so good. Like overall, like you just don't know what you're going to do next. And then even when you've heard (laughs) the stuff, you like hear new things. I mean, you just told me one that I didn't even notice. So it's awesome. (laughs) It's so good.
1: Thank you. Yeah. I'm just trying to, trying to make the music I want to hear. And this is just still so exciting. Like I said, these songs are, some of them are three years old and i'm still i'm even more excited about them now than i was when i wrote them and just the fact that people are finally getting to hear these and share that excitement with me is just the coolest fucking thing in the world and especially people that i don't know like you know bad time doesn't have the same audience that i have right. there's a good amount of overlap but there's a lot of people who fuck with me who don't know about bad time and there's probably a lot of people who love bad time move. Never heard of me,
0: right? Yeah, they're hearing you so, like literally today for the first time, probably.
1: Yeah, it's yeah, wild. And just yeah. Having people be excited about these songs and this sound as I am is just completely re-energizing. I can't wait to do these songs live. I feel like it's gonna go crazy, and we're just everyone's gonna have so much fun. It's gonna be yeah. such a cool experience.
0: Hell yeah, yeah! You've got so many shows planned. Like I can't wait to see videos and things of that, and eventually see it myself. But yeah. I'm, I'm fucking stoked for all the things you have coming up like that. It's fucking awesome. Yeah, dude. Thank you. Okay, whole lot of Rude. You ready?
1: Whole lot of Rude. Let's do it. This is like another album builder song similar to I Need Hep, uh, but this one directly draws inspiration from the band Ladderman. Uh, they were kind of a an obscure Long Island emo indie punk band from the early 2000s. Um, One of my favorite bands in high school, super like kind of posy pop punk, but still like with like cool political messages, very like hardcore feminist ideologies. Um, And on all three of their records, they always had like maybe not on all three, but like their their hallmark of an album for me, they would have like a really good closing track, like really anthemic closing track, but also like an instrumental track or a mostly instrumental track right before that track right before the closer to kind of cleanse your palate from listening to the rest of the record before they launch into that final burst, that final message um, that final barrage of, you know, sentiment and feeling. And that's, that's what I want to do with this track. So this one's completely instrumental um, big, like melty, like just descending progression uh, droney guitar. This is definitely like the most hyper pop song on the record, I would say. Um, And just the, Same thing with the song title before, like, I had to, I was debating on calling the record whole lot of Rude, but I, A, I wasn't sure when it was going to come out, and B, I don't know if I wanted the name to be that much of, like, a play on something else. Yeah, I remember you
0: mentioning that once, I think in, like, Discord or something.
1: Yeah, totally.
0: I I think you were right not to do it. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, I,
1: I knew it had to be on the record somewhere, but I'm really glad that I called the record my checkered future as just like an artistic statement or just for me as an artist in general yeah rather than just you know just the album whereas i feel like calling the record a whole lot of rude would just be like here's a record called whole lot rude but right. like me introducing myself to this hopefully larger audience and um new group of fans as my checkered future like i feel like that that works better than calling a record something that just plays off a Playboy cardi record
0: (laughs) right yeah and i think that's the thing that like a lot of these potential new people are not going to pick up on anyway so it would have probably been lost on most people so it's i think making the statement is better and maybe we should like get more into that here in a minute when we talk about my checkered future yeah but it's definitely the right call that you made
1: yeah thank you yeah and and again like like with you saying with some of these new people if i'd called the record that might not get it like that's something that i hope that if they don't get it and they hear the record or you know maybe they don't listen to this and they just still experience the record and then they have a friend who turns them on to Playboy cardi and they hear a whole lot of red they're gonna be like are you fucking kidding me and it's just gonna be <laughs> like for them it's gonna be so funny dude and I, I live for that shit yeah
0: hell yeah i think um i think it's awesome and you've got a lot of those throughout that they've got homework to do this is the gimme
1: though i'm I'm telling you straight up what this is. So the rest, the rest are up to you.
0: Yeah. You got to take it from here.
1: Um, DIY or IKE. That's what I always say.
0: That is what you always say. You say that. You text that to me like once a week.
1: And I've said it so many times already on this podcast. Like,
0: Right. It's true.
1: Definitely not the first.
0: No, absolutely not. <laughs> Let's talk about my checkered future. The big closer.
1: Let's pick it up. Let's pick it up. Yeah. So this this is the anthemic album closer. It is the title track. This one is just all kinds of fun i was this was one one of the most exciting songs to write for the album and uh yeah when i was when I like first finished this song before I wrote any of the lyrics, I had the complete like instrumental all put together before I started writing words to it, and I remember listening to it while I ran and just like it would just make me. So excited. Just when when that synth line comes in after after mm. the intro and the like song's really picking up. Yeah. Like just, just felt like a superhero. It's so cool. And I <laughs> I really like the juxtaposition of that like kind of ravey dancey synth line over just the ska guitars. Like yeah. I feel like that's that's very, very hyper ska.
0: Yeah, it's awesome. And that's when the one another thing, I feel like I've said it like six times, but it's another thing I've never <laughs> heard before. It's it's so cool.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I, I think like playing with those textures is so much fun because obviously there's piano and organ and ska, but like why not use like modern dance stuff or like right? Yeah, just some something that keeps it keeps it fresh, makes makes the sound uh, a little more engaging than just all the traditional instrumentation you've had before.
0: Yeah, like there's definitely been bands that like have had synth instead of organ, but not like this. It's not, It's it was still sort of like they would play like a horn line instead, but that's not really what you did on this. Like, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting and original. Like it's, it's awesome.
1: <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. This, uh, this song is kind of just uh, it. I, w- I want to say it's maybe a response to nickel city in a way. Cause nickel City's is kind of looking back on like coming up in the punk scene and like being a, a young person and being, excited about music and connecting with the music community and this one's kind of like oh shit maybe you know I've I've got this scene king feeling that all my best years are behind me and then obviously the album's called my checkered future and checkered past is like kind of um, a mixed bag of good and bad so and you know just looking at where we are in the world and what the future is looking like it's obviously a nod to the gosh it um, like how people use checkered past, but also like really looking at like I don't know what the future holds. right, I'm gonna find out. Yeah, and
0: so back to some of the stuff you said earlier in relating to what you just said too, I think it's a really cool statement on the world at large and also you, because anyone that is paying attention to what you've been doing, what you're doing now can see that you're not always going to write Ska. Like, that's just not going to be a thing. So this allows you to kind of do whatever the fuck you want still.
1: Exactly. And yeah.
0: so, like, I'm sure you will write more, but, like, you're going to do other shit, too. Like, who knows what the fuck you're going to do. And by calling it your checkered future, like, it's a play on the sky while at the same time leaving the door open for whatever the hell you want. And that's totally. extremely smart.
1: <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, that was that was definitely like not my first thought when I thought of the title and the sentiment of the song, but definitely something that I realized was applicable later on. Cause this was when I first like wanted to call it that. I mean, obviously the thought process was that's hilarious. This is a full ska project. So obviously checkers ska and then see, yeah. like, oh, checkered past, mixed bag, checkered future, mixed bag. Right. But yeah, definitely, definitely the the initial thought after title is hilarious was. I'm embracing ska as, and hyper ska like, as my future of me being an artist. But, but then, like, like you said, dwelled on it more and just like, well, that doesn't, doesn't have to be the case.
0: Yeah, yeah, who knows? I like,
1: I like a lot of different shit.
0: Right, exactly. And that's clear on this record. So it's like you listen to the whole thing. By the time it gets to the end, who knows what you're going to do next? And I think yep. that's so cool and at the same time you bring in stuff from throughout the record like throw in some other lyrics that we've heard sort of like do a little bit of a reprise thing and it just all comes together like uh, perfectly like so cool so smart
1: thank you and yeah that's those are my favorite kind of closing tracks on albums i'm such a fucking sucker for any closing track on a record that brings back hooks from earlier in the record just like instant fan every time the minute you throw in like a callback lyric i'm like yep i like it that's like one of one of few things in music that like doesn't get old for me
0: yeah and you and know so, it doesn't happen as often as it should
1: the, the most recent thing i can think of was on like the origami angel record hmm. they did that on on the last track quite a bit um and that was yeah like i said that's that's always cool and i just i'm i'm such like a fan of putting together like a cohesive album and project like I May Be Cute, but I'm dumb as fuck, like was an, an album at face value, but really a collection of songs more. Right. So when I knew that I n- want to make a ska album, it's like I want to make it an album. It yep. needs to have those important touch points that we've, you know, discussed over the pat over the duration of this this episode. It's gotta have a kind of a could go anyway intro killer hooking second track um a kind of palate cleanser right before the outro and then something in the in the middle to kick the energy back into gear but also nodding to uh like the instrumental ska roots one step beyond all that fun dancey shit
0: and so i gotta figure out some of your thought process on like the sequencing then it's like you just talked about it but then it's like you had already some other songs done and you were like, okay, so which one of these are going to fit these things I'm looking for? Or you already just do like, okay, it's these 10. Let's just put them in the order that I want.
1: Yeah. It was definitely like, it was definitely more the, like, I want to do, let's do 10 songs. I originally had 13 for the album. Um, Anthem for a new tone was originally on there. And then a couple others that I haven't released yet. Um, but Anthem for a new tone definitely didn't fit uh like mood wise with the rest of the record i felt like it was it wasn't it wasn't emo enough (laughs) i think it's kind of
0: aggressive
1: totally yeah yeah
0: and there's like Um, nothing aggressive on this record the closest thing is like adam's verse that's not actually really aggressive
1: totally or 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 me like kind of pointing the finger and honestly so sick but even then that's that's from like a very like sarcastic right uh Like, like through a sarcastic lens. Um, But yeah, so I knew I knew that I wanted to have these 10 songs. And, you know, I just kind of put the pieces in place, intro track, second track, and then just arranged all the other ones as as best I could. And I I feel like it flows pretty well. There's a couple things listening back that I wish that I had a different track that would have fit the flow a little bit better. But I'm, I'm super pleased with how the record turns out and how it how it works from start to finish.
0: I mean, it it feels like a perfect flow to me. Like, I feel like it's one step from being just like a concept album. Like, I feel like it all fits together. Everything is pretty cohesive in terms of the things you're talking about, the themes, the sounds like vary enough, but not like too far away from each other. Like, I I think it's the flow is great.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I'm glad that that it worked out.
0: yeah man it's it's so good <laughs> it's i can't say enough how much i think this album is awesome
1: i can't wait for you to hear the vinyl version why is that i don't know <laughs> you gotta i'll pick up the record and find out
0: yeah this i'll just say this fucker has been teasing me that there's something on there for months yeah. that i still don't know what it is at this yep. point i probably no i don't think i will because it wouldn't have shipped yet but uh yeah. I'm dying to find out what the fuck it is. They
1: still won't tell me. <laughs> yeah, so if, uh, if you haven't ordered the record from Bad Time Records yet, get on that. The album cut on vinyl is different from the one that's online. Ugh, I, I got to hear it. I can't wait. It's driving me crazy. Yeah. If you like what you've heard online, that is just the tip of the iceberg. <laughs> <laughs> you've been dying to say that. You you asshole. No, dude, I'd I, like... Just got that. I had to. No I way. Not. Yeah, dude, that, that's off the dome. Well, we did
0: it. We broke down the whole fucking record. How do you I would, feel?
1: I would argue that there's there's a little bit of breaking down that um, your your listeners and our our fans need to do themselves. But yes, overall, I feel awesome. I'm just over the moon excited. I'm glad that we recorded on this date when the single came out. So I'm because I'm like. Absolutely riding this high of excitement. This HI, of course. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I'm just I'm excited to see where it takes me. And I'm excited for people to hear the album and listen to this. And hopefully you get another um couple enriching spins of the record out of this and discovering stuff that maybe you didn't notice before.
0: Yeah, hell yeah. And I told you this last night, but I'll say it here. I am so proud of you for this record. Thank we you, Chris. we met. Like, basically, the day I launched all this shit, you were, like, first ride or die, and you had, like, just kind of started all this stuff, and you had, like, I don't know, 50 monthly listeners or something when it started hearing your stuff, Yeah, and now you've got way more than I can even keep track of. (laughs) Today, you're announcing the fucking bad time thing. Like, I am so excited for you. I'm so proud of you. you. You deserve everything that's coming your way by the time people hear this. You're going to be so fucking famous. They're going to be like, why is he on this stupid show? Like, oh my god. Is this my
1: favorite podcast, fool.
0: I know, but come on. I'm, <laughs> ah, it's incredible. I'm so proud of you. I'm so excited for you. And the album is so good. And it, even if I didn't know you, I would be like, holy shit. Like, it's so many interesting and new things on here. And what's exciting to me is not just the album itself. What it's going to inspire because there's gonna be so many people that are gonna be like, oh, what if I try this or what if I try this and that even exactly,
1: dude. That's 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 my goal. I wanna like usher remember how like during the summer of ska, when ska was a gigantic mainstream thing, every right. punk band had a ska song for the next right. couple of years. That's yeah. that's what I'm hoping. Like I'm not I'm not saying that I hope to get gigantic and famous, but like I I hope to like inspire people who otherwise wrote ska off. It's just something right. that wasn't interesting to them to be like, oh, this shit's actually really cool. And then hopefully from there through me, if, they, if I'm these folks gateway into ska, they'll check out the rest of the Bad Time Records, discography. They'll get hip to Omnigon and Jer and Tape Girl because there's just, just the rest of the Eichberg just waiting, waiting in the waves. Right.
0: Yeah. And I'm hoping even further that it's going to inspire some other like experimental stuff because in some ways that's already happening like totally obviously the show has heard a lot of tape girl like i've even re- helped her release some stuff and uh kemo experiments a little bit and you know the uh i virus stuff with the chip tune yeah. but like there's some other things like demos and things that i've been sent from people that are like mm-hmm. very interesting and clearly like inspired by things like you cool. and once all of this is heard like i'm just so excited for the future, the checkered future Uh of the things that are going to happen from here, not just from you, but from who knows where. And uh, I just, I'm so excited that this is in the world or by the time this is out, that it's going to be in the world.
1: Yeah. And I'm just, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to just be, be a part of what's going on right now. Like, you know, yeah, it's just so, so humbling to be like, in this this community and this group of artists who are passionate about this genre that people don't give a fuck about. And the right. fact that like, we're getting a little bit of heat, like as, as a wave, as a community, as a tone, um, I just, it's, it's so cool and so humbling. And I'm, I've never been like more excited about ska music than I am right now. Yeah, same. And it's so it's so cool that people who feel the same way like my shit. So, I couldn't couldn't ask for more.
0: Well, come back anytime. You know I love you. You know you're one of my favorite people. <laughs> Even though you're going to be too famous for me. Whenever you want to come back, please come back. And also I hope you'll never be too famous that I can't keep using the commission song cuz it's too good to not have during the radio episodes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I love that I love that we're recording this episode and people aren't going to be able to hear my commission song. I think that's really funny. <laughs>
0: yeah, I can't put, I guess I could throw it under something, but it's not, no, for no, one, no. It's not for this episode. That's not how it works. Exactly. Yeah. I love that. They'll have to go Just, back I'm, and listen I'm to the radio. Hear this
1: God, yeah.
0: They'll have to go back and listen yeah, to God, the radio. God
1: forbid you check out other episodes of this incredible show. Yeah. Can't have
0: that. That's, that's not possible. Sweet. Yeah. So thank you so much. You should, the middle of the afternoon on your big day, Friday, spending almost two hours with me. I appreciate it. Uh, okay. Where can people find you on the internet? Where can they get the record? All that stuff. Go.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So you can, you can find me anywhere at E I C H L E R S underscore underscore on most social media platforms. I'm on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok Mostly. Um, I have this record, my checkered future available through bad time records. You can find that on their website. Uh, as of right now there are still or I'm, I'm sure yeah there's a some incredible shirts that mike mocked up with my my jumping ass as the as the nba logo yeah it's as so well cool. as this very cool uh, checkered pink print design on a black shirt because pe- people have been aching for black shirts and you know, gotta gotta throw my bone every once in a while yeah so yeah pick pick it the fuck up
0: yeah, pick it the fuck up. I've got the links to all that stuff, so you can just click them in the show notes. And if you haven't grabbed it yet, go grab it now. Should still be available. Who knows? Maybe it's sold out. Maybe we're on second pressing or something. I don't know. But uh, Mike always does a good job of keeping stuff available, so you'll be able to grab all that in the show notes when this is out. So again, thank you so much for spending time with me today. You're the best. And I'm so excited to see where you go from here.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me, Chris. I appreciate you so much.
0: Of course. Of course. Anytime. So that's it. That's the checkered future. Goodbye. (laughs) (laughs) See ya. That's a wrap on another episode of the Scott Punk International Podcast. If you liked any of the music you heard today, make sure to check out the show notes of this episode, where I have links for you to support all the artists that you heard. Also, make sure to subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast app and leave us a review so other Scott fans can find us. You can email the show at scottpunkinternational at gmail.com. You can follow the show on Twitter at scottpunkintl or on Instagram at scottpunkinternational. Really, you can find us anywhere. Just search for scottpunkinternational on whatever network you like to use. You can also support the show for as little as a dollar on Patreon at patreon.com slash scottpunkinternational. Thank you to SkyToon Network for the kick ass theme they provided for the intro and outro of the show. You can support them on Patreon and YouTube. Just search for SkyToon Network. You can also head over to scottounetwork.com to, to grab some of their awesome merch. Also, thank you to Eichlers for the additional theme music used throughout the radio episodes of the show. You can find out more about Eichlers on their Bandcamp or any social media site. Just search for Eichlers. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time, wherever you are, it's Scott.